We continue our journey in through the Ten Commandments, the top ten. And today we land on commandment number five, honor your mother and father so that it may go well with you. It's probably of all the commandments, the one that hits home literally. Because as a family unit, we're impacted by this. And every one of us in this room, every one of us in the link, every one of us watching across the internet has a mother and a father. And so we have a decision to make today based upon not how we feel, but based upon what God's word says, what we'll do with this commandment. It has nothing to do with whether we should do it or not do it based upon how good or bad our parents did to us and how they parented us. It has nothing to do with that. Straight up, it says, honor your mother and your father. And so there's a difficulty to that too. I also believe this with all of my heart, that honor is fleeting in our world today, especially when it comes to parent-child relationships. Today's commandment not only is for young children who, have, who are young in a home and have a parent at home, but also for grown adult children to continue to honor your mother and father even as they age and as you age. There's almost a fear in our world today, of, and you'll see that in marriage relationships, I can't respect or honor my husband unless he does this. And there seems to be a fear in circles, some circles, like somehow if a person has gained respect or honor, we gotta, we gotta stop it. We gotta, we gotta constrain it because it could go bad. And often in a marriage, you'll see that where a wife is, is hesitant because if I give him respect and honor, then he'll lord this over me and he'll take me to places where I shouldn't be instead of saying, Let, I trust you and, and, and entrust doing that. There seems to be a sense even in our world that if, when someone has gained respect or honor, that we do everything we can to take that away from them so that they can't lead. And it's not any different in a family. Honor is, is fleeting in homes because as children, we don't want to honor and respect in many circles because we fear that somehow they'll lord that over us. Instead of saying, God says, where honors do, give it to them. And in this case, he says to do it regardless, honor your mother and your father. Yet with all the brokenness in our world, a home where children love their parents and parents love their kids, where children honor their parents is under attack. And it's really close to my heart. One of my desires is to see families and communities see reconciliation and and see restoration and see family units function the way God wants it to. But we can't deny the fact that Satan wants to destroy the family unit. And so we're opposed. It is challenging to raise children. It is difficult to honor parents. And the reason it is, is because that's the model that God intends. And so Satan is constantly trying to tear it down. But when you see it done well, it moves you deeply. When you see a family where children love their, their parents and parents love their kids and where there's an honor and respect from the children towards their parents, a place... A home should be a place where you go to and find healing and hope. And it should be a mooring point of hope. It should be a place that no matter what age you are, that you could go back to. And you could find hope and restoration and healing and love. And when you see it, and you watch it play out in your life, it sticks with you. Watch this and see if this doesn't stick with you.
it's obvious that that's God's intent. It's very obvious that's God's intent. And when you see it, you remember it. And when you witness it, it's refreshing. And when you hear about it, you want it. And when you've experienced it, you don't want it to go away. When you received it, you want to give it back. And so when I look at this commandment, there's this picture that God has this family unit that, that's supposed to function centered upon Jesus and in turn where, where children honor their mothers and fathers and in turn receive this love, unconditional love back from their parents. And when you see a family unit that receives that and lives that out, the Bible says you will live a long life and you will live a life that is well. You will live, it'll be long and it'll be deep. It'll have quality and it'll have quantity to it. God's intention for the fourth commandment is for us to honor our mothers and fathers. Look at Exodus chapter 20. Grab your Bibles and let's just, let's just read it. Gina, Bible, hold your hand up. But look at Exodus chapter 20. Ushers will put one in your hand. Turn to Exodus chapter 20. Let's just read this commandment and see what it says. And when you find it, stand, we'll read it together. Exodus chapter 20, Genesis, Exodus. Exodus chapter 20 in verse 12. Let's just read it. Look what it says. It's, read it with me. Ready? Read. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Let's read it again. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You may have a seat. God takes this commandment seriously. He says this. Now, I'm not saying this. This is what God said. He says that the quality and the quantity of your lives will be affected by whether or not you choose to live out this commandment. The quality, the depth of it, and the quantity, the length of it will, will be affected and impacted by the way you choose to honor this commandment and live it out. In fact, it's repeated in the New Testament. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Just turn over to Ephesians chapter 2. Galatians, Ephesians. And look at Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 2 and 3. Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 2 and 3. It's repeated in the New Testament. Paul affirms this. And look what he says in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 2 and 3. It says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a What? promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy not only have long life but enjoy long life on earth ask this question before we proceed any farther in, in this study do you honor your mother and your father the answer to that question the answer to this question is shown in the quality and the quantity of your life the answer to the question, do you honor your mother and father, will be played out in what happens in your lifetime. God says, if you do this, this is what I promise to you. It's the only commandment that has a promise attached to it. Of all ten, it's the only one that has a promise. And the promise is, you may live well and you will enjoy, not just have a long life, but enjoy a long life. Don't ever underestimate the importance of living this out. I take this very seriously as a son. My hope is this, that my mom, my stepfather, and my dad will always know, as long as they live, 
as long as they breathe, as long as they're alive on this side of eternity and this side of heaven, that their son Jimmy honored them. My hope is that when they think about the way I speak about them and the way that I remember them and when I visit them and when I talk to them, that the words and actions that come from me, they can look back and I bring peace to their life by the words and actions by saying, I love you, I respect you, I honor you. It would break my heart, to be quite honest, if there was a rift between me and my parents. I understand there are times when that takes place. But if there was this continual rift, I wouldn't function properly. And not only that, the word of God says I won't function properly. My life will be impacted. So I take that seriously. I want to have a good relationship with my mom and my stepdad and my father. I long for that. And if that would ever turn south, the word of God says not, not only would I be broken by that, but it would impact my life. The mere fact that my parents would hear something that I said disparagingly about them would break my heart. And so I take this commandment very seriously. And I think we should in this room too. Let's think about the word honor. The word honor literally means this, to place value on something. In fact, in the Hebrew, the word honor in Exodus means to be heavy. It's the sense where we we treat someone with dignity and respect because they carry a heavy weight of authority. And we often speak of people, certain people, as as being heavyweights in their field. Boy, they're a heavyweight in the field of technology. They're a heavyweight in the field of politics. They're a heavyweight in in the field of education. They're a heavyweight in in, in the field of sports or ministry. They carry value. There's something about them that's heavy. The word honor means heavy value. This commandment has a promise attached to it. God also longs for a relationship, a good relationship between parents and their children. It's repeated in the New Testament. And there seems to be an urgency to this command because mom and dad won't be around forever. Some scholars would say it's the only commandment that has a term limit to it. Because your parents will only live for a certain amount of time. So when they pass on, We're supposed to continue to live out the legacy that they pass on, and we're supposed to continue to honor them, but they can't hear and know that we're honoring them when they have passed on. This honor is supposed to be lifted up. It's supposed to be played out when they're alive. And so there's a term limit to this commandment. So the question, again, I ask you, do your friends, do your siblings, does your husband, does your wife, do your parents, when you're in a circle, people talking about home, do you honor your parents? Is that how they would say if they're in response to this question? Hey, I want to know, did, the, did that friend of yours, do they honor their parents? What would they say about you? Listen to me. The answer to that question will be played out in the length and the depth of your life. The word honor means you should heavily value your relationship with your parents. A simple note or a text, a hug, or okay, I will do that. A reply that says you're right. Even as young children today, when a parent gives you something, just saying, you know what, you're right, I'll do what you say. It's a way of honoring our parents while we're in their home. Even how we refer to them. When I hear a man, when I hear a son say, let me tell you about my dad, and he calls him his old man, my heart breaks when I hear that. He's not your old man, he's your father. 
There seems to be this, this lack of respect and dignity for parents and children in our world. And the very thing that God has established and wants to be centered upon Christ is being broken. And the opposer is saying, hey, he's your old man. Hey, you don't have to obey your parents. Hey, do your own thing. And the reason we're seeing that as a world because Satan is afraid of a family that's centered upon God where parents love their kids and where kids in return honor them. It's a beautiful picture of what Christ intends for the family unit. There must be a way to obey this commandment, no matter how difficult or painful your past has been. I don't deny that that there's horrible stories of parents, and I don't deny that that's not a part of the picture, but there must be a way. There's got to be a way that we can obey this commandment. Otherwise, God wouldn't have put it in there and say, do this. Maybe, just maybe, it begins by a thank you or a phone call. Or find one positive story about your childhood. Or maybe it's a text that says, I forgive you. God takes this seriously. In, 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 in the Bible, he gives some, some harsh recommendations if you don't do this. Look at Proverbs chapter 20. Look at the general principle that's stated here in Proverbs. Look at Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 20. Turn there with me, please. Proverbs 20 and verse 20. There's some harsh statements in regards of of not living out and playing out this commandment. Look at Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 20. It says this. If a man does what with his father? What's it say? Curses his father or mother, his lamp will be what out? Snuffed out to pitch darkness. There's this picture that says, if you live a life where you're not honoring and and you don't live out this commandment, God says, not only the principle is this, if you continue this, I will snuff your life out. Death. Your life will be shortened. The promise says, you'll enjoy a long life. The promise says that there'll be good depth to it and there'll be good length to it. And he says, if you don't, I will snuff it out. The general principle is honor your mother and your father. Look at Proverbs chapter 30. I mean, it goes even more intense. Look at Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 17. Look at the principle stated here in Proverbs regarding how we treat our parents. Proverbs 30 and verse 17. The eye that mocks a what? Father that scorns obedience to a what? Mother will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley, will be eaten by the vultures. I'm not looking forward to that. There's this picture, literally, the principle is this. You will live a life and you'll come to the end of life. You will be exposed, you will be vulnerable, and you will be unburied. There's a sense that you'll be all by yourself. You'll be defiled and the vultures will pick away at you. A sense of you will die a lonely life if you curse and don't obey and honor your mother and your father. Turn back to Exodus chapter 21, even following the Ten Commandments here. Look at chapter 21 in verse 15. Exodus chapter 21 and verse 15. Anyone who attacks his father or his mother will live a long life. Is that what it says? It says we'll be put to death. God gives some strong, strong wordage in Scripture regarding how we honor and how we treat our parents. He takes this commandment seriously. By the way, God had our best interests in mind when he wrote this commandment. 
He attached a promise to it. Just some clarification today. You'll live long and you'll live well. I often wonder when I see an adult struggle in life, if they have honored their parents. I often wonder when I see, see this, this, this person who's broken emotionally, physically, spiritually, and relationally. I often wonder, I often wonder, I wonder what the relationship is with their parents. I often wonder when, I, when someone's life is snuffed out early, if the reason was snuffed out early because they didn't obey and they went down their own path away from God and because of their choices, God just allowed this, this shortness of life. I often wonder, he says, if you're not going to obey this commandment, then here's what happens. Not to say that every time someone dies, it's because of dishonoring their parents. But there is a connection. The way you treat it, your parents treated you will affect your relationship. I don't deny that. It will definitely affect the way you obey this commandment. But it does not affect the reality that you must obey it, whether your parents did a good job or they did a horrible job. Let's put this out there. You are in control of you. You're not in control of your parents. You can control how you choose to honor them. When we honor our parents, there will be less conflict on our insides. There will be more inner peace instead of anxiety. And we will be free of the hangups of our past and we'll be able to move on. See, here's what happens is we continue to go back and we don't give forgiveness. And we hold this bitterness and resentment because of past things. We carry that into the life that we live today. And so we have this disrest. We have this anxiety. We have this frustration. And when that, and Satan knows that, and so when we're dealing with that, he fires all these arrows at him, and we listen to him. And before we know it, we're being, we're limiting how we can be used by God. If you ever struggle in honoring your parents and feel like they're not deserving of it, I love to do this from time to time. I'll just mentally, or I'll take my iPad and I'll just start writing down, or I'll take a piece of paper, and I encourage you to take a piece of paper. If you really have a problem with forgiving someone or forgiving your parents, I'll start writing down all the sins that maybe I've committed that day or that week. Or, and, you know, it, I'm, I'm just pulling out tablets and just, just writing down these sins. And, just, just, and, and so I put them in front of me. And maybe these secret sins that you've committed in your life. And, and, and record as much as you can if you, if, you, if you struggle with forgiveness. Don't leave anything out and just write them down. Now ask yourself this question. Do you want those sins to remain a barrier between you and God? Or are you grateful for his grace that says, clean? If you ever struggle with forgiveness, just think about this relationship with this father God who sees his children and they're asking for forgiveness. And he says, sure, Jesus died on the cross for that. No, he didn't die for that one. He didn't die for that one. He didn't die. No, he died for all of them. And so if you have a problem with this relationship from your past, just picture, where would you and I be had it not been for the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross? You see, we struggle with that. So what right do we have to say, I can't believe it, I will not forgive them? So all you got to do is look at what Christ has done for you. And so you go to the sins of the past and you say, forgiven, forgiven, I'm moving on, forgiven, I'm moving on, forgiven, I'm moving on, forgiven, I'm moving on, forgiven, I'm moving on. I'm going to live to the redemptive potential that Christ intended me to be instead of living way below where I should be. In fact, the Bible is clear on this in Luke 7, 47. says, therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. She loved much, but he who has been forgiven little loves little. You show me a person who struggles with forgiveness, I will show you a person who hasn't understood how much they've been forgiven of. 
And those who understand that they've been forgiven much, they love much. And so the picture is this. If you go back to your past and you have a problem with your past, if you just wrote a note and said, forgiven, I'm moving on, I love you, let it there. Maybe you just leave it there and you move on. You see, if you continue to live in the resentment and the frustration and the bitterness of the past, your life will be shortened. And thus it will limit how Jesus Christ wants to use you and how the kingdom of God can be advanced. And Satan loves it and you're saying, here, Satan, I chalk one up for you. Listen to me, church. This is important. We got to move on. We need to bury some things from the past and move on. Jesus has for us. Okay, so your dad passed on some generational sins to you. Break them by the power of Jesus Christ and authority of his name and the unction of the Holy Spirit and move on and tell him that I'm moving on. So how do you honor your parents? It begins with your words. Way too many children and adult children are still harboring bitterness towards their parents and carrying the burden of unforgiveness. And as a result, they speak disparagingly about their parents. So we now have churches loaded with parents who beat themselves up because this kid refuses to get over this thing of this discipline issue. This, they wouldn't allow them to go to Cedar Point with other 16-year-olds. And, and somehow this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing. Now listen to me, children in here. Don't think that somehow your parents get together at night and say, how can we make our kids' life miserable? And sometimes those are the thoughts of the enemy. Your parent hates you. He, he, he just wants you to be miserable. He doesn't want you to have friends. No, it's not like you're laying, we're laying in bed and saying, I look at Ann and say, how can we make Josh and Hannah and Isaiah's life? That's a good one. High five. We don't do that. Let's face it. We're really good at pointing out the faults of other people. And for that matter, we like walking away from encounters where we let someone know they didn't do such a good job because in our minds, it brings them down and lifts someone else up. The person giving those words. The Bible has a lot to say about moving on. It has a lot to say about our words. You see, I choose not to speak disparagingly about my parents. And I work really hard at it. It doesn't matter what environment I'm in. If I'm in an environment with my siblings, if I'm in an environment with my relatives, if I'm in an environment where other people are talking about their parents, I don't speak disparagingly about my parents because I know how difficult it is to be a parent. And plus, I love my mom and my dad and my stepdad too much. I choose to look back and say, man, they did a great job here and they did a great job there. I mean, look what they had to work with for crying out loud. Sometimes you just need to think about that. The Bible says a lot about our words. You see, I really choose to live a life where I'm planning life and not death with my words. And Proverbs 18, 21 says it this way, the tongue is the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Take the high road when it comes to talking about your parents. Take the extra road. Take the godly road. If you don't have anything good to say, then say nothing. That's the high road. You can honor your mom and dad by refusing to speak evil of them. I'm sure a phone call that states that you want to move on and will go a long ways to a mother and father right now. Some of you are in this room. Some of you are in the link. Some of you are watching by internet. And there's this rift. And you don't have peace. 
Because when you talk about parents, there's this issue that just comes up and you continue to let the enemy win. And you're in this prison and he just secretly laughs at you. Some of the adult children in this room feel the need to remind their parents over and over how much they failed. Listen to me, time is short. Do your part and move on. Let them at least die in peace for crying out loud. Let them at least go to their grave and know that my son and my daughter understood that I messed up, but they forgave me. Give them at least that much respect. Whenever you get a chance, speak highly of them. Write a letter to them. Call them, text them, hug them. Your parent will never turn down a word of encouragement. Maybe just thanking them for giving you life. Start there. It's a way to honor your mother and your father. It also moves to our actions. Find a tangible way of showing them with your actions that you love them and honor them. In fact, in the New Testament, in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2, the word, word honor in the Greek takes on, is the Greek word tameo, which means literally can be translated to care for them financially. You see, as your parents age, their health fades. And as your health strengthens, the roles are supposed to reverse. We get a chance to take care of them. It's our opportunity to say, thank you. One of the saddest things for me is to know that there, there's, there's a mother or father in a nursing home, a rehabilitation home, and their children live nearby and they don't visit them. It breaks my heart to think that there's this mom and this dad that's in a nursing home and because the child was too busy, didn't have time, nor did they want to take time to go visit them. Do what Christ wants you to do. Sit with them. Even if their mental capacities aren't there, just be in their presence. You'll never know the impact that you can have by just sitting and watching and listening. The Word of God gives clear exhortation on how we can care for them with our actions. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 5. Turn the New Testament to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 5. Look at some other ways that we can honor them. The Greek word tameo means to care for financially. 1 Timothy chapter 5. Look at verses 4 through 8. Timothy, Paul says this to Timothy. He says, but if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family. He says, listen, if you have a mom or dad or grandparent that needs help, step up, care for them. Don't pass it on to the church. Don't pass it on to another neighbor. Don't pass it on to a friend. Man up and take care of your mama and your papa. That's the Jim Brown version. And so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. The widow who is really in need and left alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and ask God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. Give the people these instructions, Paul says to Timothy. Two, so that no one may be open to blame. If anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family, mother and father. Look what he says. He has denied the what and is worse than a what? Unbeliever. Strong words. You know what that means? It means there'll probably come a time 
as an adult child that you'll care for your mother and your father if they're still alive. It might mean that financially you have to budget out, and it might mean it will be an inconvenience for you. So be it. You were probably a great inconvenience to them for many years. It means you step up and you care for them. You provide for them if need be. There's nothing sadder to me than when I watch this unfold in our world when when there's this mother or father and they're screaming for help and there's this son or daughter that lives on the other side of the country not willing to step in and care for for their mom and their dad. It also plays out in our willingness to obey them. When a child chooses to disobey his parents and to walk away from godly principles, they have laid out that they choose to dishonor their parents and thus, listen to me, shortens your life and your life, you won't enjoy a good life. God's promises, you better bank on them. I marvel at how many teens think their parents aren't cool or hip or in touch or not as cool as someone else's parents. I marvel when I hear discussions and I continue to think, but does your parents still feed you, clothe you, protect you, give you a house, pay your insurance? But they're not cool. They don't protect. They're not hip. But listen, they're providing for you, yet you don't have a problem with that. Let me speak to young children in this room today. Your parents really do love you. And they know what's best for you. And one day, if the Lord chooses you will have children and you understand how much a parent loves their child and you will understand that it's difficult being a parent and you will understand that they probably were more right than you would ever admit to. And when they choose to walk away from God and make poor choices, when children do that, your parents grieve in pain if you could see the tears and if you could see the times they're on their knees praying for you because they love you, not because they, they're, they're hoping that something horrible happens to you, your parents could be your greatest ally if you just let them be. They want to be. There's also this great promise attached to this commandment. We can't overlook the ramifications of this commandment. One of the reasons God gave in the Old Testament to the Jews, one of the reasons, he says, I'm going to send you into exile. I'm sending you away and let the Babylonians rule over you. One of the primary reasons that God did it is because they chose not to honor their mother and their father. And God said, okay, if you're not going to honor your mother and father, then I'm going to send you out into exile to the Babylonians and you're going to live where someone else rules over you. If you're not willing to do this, then I will attach this promise and say, this won't happen to you. Look at Ezekiel chapter 27. Look at, look at this example where God said, you know what? If you're not willing to do this, then you know what? I will. I will allow your sins to cause you to go in exile to Babylon. Look at, look at Ezekiel chapter 22. It's a list of Jerusalem's sins. In the midst of this list of sins, look what one of the sins was in verse 7. Ezekiel chapter 22 in verse 7. It says, In you they have treated father and mother with contempt. If you... It says, in you, they have oppressed the alien and mistreated the fatherless and the widows. In you, you have treated father and mother with contempt. And look at verse 15. He says, I will disperse you among the nations and scatter you throughout the countries, and I will put an end to your uncleanness. God takes it seriously. 
so seriously. He, in the Old Testament, he just sent him into exile. He says, hey, if you're not going to honor your mother and father, like the commandment says, so be it. I'm going to shorten your life. I'm going to allow you to be ruled over, and you will not live in freedom. Your quality and the quantity of your life will be impacted. The quality of your life will be richer, and the quantity of your life will be longer. Living out the life on earth that God intended. You've often heard me say this, but I'll say this in regards to this commandment. I don't want to stand before God, nor do I want you to stand before God one day at the Bema seat where he, he judges the good things we have done for our works for him as Christians, and we stand, and somehow this, this view of our life passes before us, and it says, this is what you've done, Jim. I don't want to stand before him one day and, 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 and have him say, Jim, this is what I wanted to do for you. And he hits a button on this DVD. And this, here's what could have happened, Jim, if you would have had a, taken care of the physical body. You've heard me say that. And, but you limited how I wanted to use you by your poor physical choices. I believe the same is true of this. I believe the possibility exists that we could stand before God. And he says, hey, this is how I wanted to use you, Jim. But you chose not to allow me because your life was shortened. And it didn't go well because you chose not to honor your mother and father. And thus, you limited how you could advance the kingdom of Jesus Christ and your impact on the world. I don't want to stand before my God and have him say that to me. I want to advance the kingdom of Jesus Christ because people need the Lord. And not because of some past thing that I just refuse to get over. Plus... I love my mom and my dad and my stepfather. I don't even need this promise attached. I just love them. But doggone it, if there's a promise attached to it, I'm advancing the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Anytime I witness a strained relationship with a child and parent, I often wonder how much they've shortened their life. You see, the emotional and psychological impact on this relationship causes pain and distress, which leads to unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, and frustration, and many physical, emotional, spiritual ailments. You see, when one side of the being is affected, whether it's spiritual, physical, or emotional, when it's poisoned, it impacts the other parts. If spiritually they've got this poison in your life, it's going to impact the physical and the spirit, the, the emotional. Emotionally, if there's a poison, it impacts the other. You can't live and divide and say, well, I'm going to live with this part of my life and it's not going to impact. It impacts everything. Over the last couple of years, I've been real intrigued by the Tim Tebow story. And one of the reasons I've been intrigued by this, I see the impact that God is giving him on the world. I also watch him and his family. I've read his story and I, I read other things about him. And I've seen some documentaries about him. And I saw him on draft day. And one of the things that intrigues me about this guy and his success is how his family unit seems so close. And I watch his father when he got drafted and his father was there and his brothers were there and his family was there. And they were just as excited as he was in his success. And I watch how, hear how his father raised him and the love he has for his parents. And I got to wonder, maybe the reason his life is, he's enjoying his life and it seems to be making an impact is because he honors his mother and his father. I have chosen through the years to not be involved in moments when someone wants to speak disparagingly about my parents. And because of that, not because of me, but because of God, I have a healthy relationship with them. When I look back on my childhood, I choose to remember all the good things my parents did for me. 
I hope the same will happen one day when my kids age. I hope when they look back, they look at their dad and say, man, dad did this well and dad did that well. It would break my heart if they look back on all the stupid things that I've done and I've done many of them. I long to have a good relationship with my children. Part of that is I want them to live long and well and advance the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I long to have a healthy relationship with my mom and dad too, my stepfather until they die. I long to stand at their grave and for them to know and for me to know that the very last thing they heard me say, the very last action I did, the very last thing that came to their mind when they think of me was honor and respect and they died with peace thinking about me. That would make my life and my day and it would honor my God. Truth is this. If you're hostile towards your parents, then most likely you're hostile towards God. If you honor your parents despite their faults, you're likely honoring God with your life too. Maybe we need just to go back for those of us who struggle in this area to the house that built us and find healing to our brokenness. Maybe we need to go back and say, God, I'm... I'm, I'm starting over. Maybe we need to go back and just say, you know what? It wasn't perfect. It wasn't good, but I forgive and I'm moving on. Maybe we need just to go back to the home that built us and start over today and say, from this day forward, I'm moving on. And by God's grace and the grace that he's given me, the new child will arise. Home should be a place of forgiveness and healing and love. And if it hasn't been, then go back and ask God to restore and reconcile. Because with God, all things are possible. There's a song that captures that thought of going back to the house that built you. And it helps us to remember that we all have a home. And it might not have been the best place. But we can go back and restore what took place. Watch this.
daddy gave life to mama's dream. Pray for this moment. I don't deny, God, that there's pain in many of our past. But Lord, I also don't deny that it's possible by your grace and your love and your forgiveness and the blood that Jesus shed on the cross to move on. I pray for a fresh wave of children honoring their parents, even in old age. I pray that we would live out this commandment so that we wouldn't limit how you want to use us, God. There's way too many battles that the enemy has won and is winning. It's time for many, many of us to recover some stolen ground. It's time for us to bury the ax and move on. I pray, God, today that You would move through your spirit and spirit. I pray that you would prompt us and I pray that we would listen. Maybe it's a call. Maybe it's an action. Maybe it's just saying, telling your parents, I'm going to take care of you when you get old. Maybe it's saying, I'm sorry. God, may we never limit how you wanted to use us because of our stubbornness and our hatred and our bitterness. I pray for one victory after another in families of grace. Thank you, God, for your love and your forgiveness. Help us to understand it better. And when we do, we will love much because he who has been forgiven much loves much. And now, God, I pray, our Father, who has shown us what it means to be the perfect parent, may we learn from you. Jesus, may we not deny the fact that you've forgiven us and your blood has covered our sins and you died and become the sacrifice and may in return, Jesus, we return that to our parents. And Holy Spirit, remind us often, 
provoke us, prod us, spur us until we do it right. Thank you, God. And may we, as Christ's followers, pave the way and show what it means to honor our mothers and our fathers. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next week. God bless you.